Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what up, sports fans? This is I Hate This Team. My name is Aaron Warner. Uh, my co-host is Stefan Heck. Stefan, what's going on? My guy. I'm in a great mood. I no longer have to ever see a St. Patrick's Day warm-up jersey again. So yeah. To the NHL. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people upset about that. And, I mean, that was my instant reaction as well. Because... Uh, Especially for the Canucks, like I really like their theme night jerseys. Well, someone like, in our Discord, I think it was SVT, said uh, that's like the one thing they've done right the last decade. Yeah, but uh, speaking of Discord, I think uh, the Beard Nerd brought up that it's also like kind of a win because that means there's no more cop night and yeah. no more military. Well, I guess there wasn't a cop night. There was military appreciation night. Yeah. And then there was... Uh, the damned uh, St. Patrick's Day that they that teams had to do, yeah. Where it would say like, <laughs> "Oh Kuzmenko" on the back or whatever. So I guess that's it is. A small it is though. funny. Yeah, I mean it, it's stupid, and it's obviously just because of the pride jerseys, which is really yeah. dumb. And you're basically giving in to a very small minority of like just loud morons. Yeah. But like you said, it is funny that these morons were so loud that the NHL was just like, "Fuck this." Like you don't get you don't get your army stuff either. Yeah, they're know? like they're, I guess they're still doing the nights. It's just the players won't wear the warm up jerseys to yeah stop. Any so sort like, of, what is it? What's the fucking? I mean, what's yeah. The so like now it's now so they dumb. might like they could still like do designs and sell jerseys and hats and stuff, which is yeah cool, I guess. But also uh, shitty that like stupid culture war stuff gets us uh, to this point. Yeah. Um. So oh yeah, speaking of Discord. We're going to do a quick call to action here. Yes. Uh, one, not one week, less than a week away, because we are recording this on Thursday, is the draft. And we will be doing a live podcast in Discord, yeah. just like we did for the, uh, the, draft, the draft lottery. lottery. Hopefully it goes better than that. But uh... Yeah, but <laughs> that will align, assuming that we record a Patreon like later like on the weekend or whatever, it will line for be yeah. a, a like regular episode. So I think we'll record the audio from it and release that as just like our normal episode. But if you want to be there for like the live reaction and stuff, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash I hate this team. And I think we figured out a way around. There was like a room limit when we started the, the lotto live stream last time. And I think we got around that. I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah. We can have so, up to like a hundred people chilling which in is, there. I yeah. think. Yeah. Which uh, I don't think there's going to be that many. No, I mean, if there are, we'll we'll figure something out. But, I mean, if there uh, are, that's we'll, great. Yeah. yeah, we'll throw up a, a Twitch stream or some shit. Yeah, like, we'll I think last Zoom time it was something. like twenty or so. Yeah. Um, um, and also, so the draft's at four p.m. Pacific. I yes. Think, which is perfect because I can do go off kings right afterwards as well. And you know, the Canucks will probably pick within the first hour or so, hour and a half. 
Um, yeah, one would hope. Or, or well, I don't I mean, know. We'll like, see, maybe maybe they'll trade up and they'll pick even sooner. The, the NHL does like to take their sweet time. They uh, really do. Yeah. So I, I, I do want to do our, our new segment, the Vibe Check. Yes. How many Outlaw Stars are you feeling about the Canucks based on like all the the whispers and the, the Alvine presser yesterday? You know what? I how many what's the maximum amount of outlaw stars not that I'm gonna give that amount okay five yeah I would say like three and a half really Uh, yeah I'm feeling pretty good I I the the noise around like Simashev the noise around them targeting Mitchkov maybe and potentially wanting to trade up for Mitchkov I I like that I mean the thing is you get that shit every year so who knows what it means but yeah I remember they're gonna trade up for Gilbert Brule yeah I mean it's been it's been like it almost never happens right so um, but the excitement is there. I like that vibe. The vibe around the draft is always just exciting in general. Um, I think obviously it's going into this. It just still does feel much better than going into it with Jim Benning. Right. Like I yeah. am not as concerned, especially with their cap space. Now, like the athletic did an article that was like ranking the NHL, like 32 NHL teams cap situations yeah. from like best to worst. And number one, I think was Chicago Canucks were number 10. How, that's ooh, weird. That's so that's so that's crazy. Nice. Well, because I think they were just specifically talking about this off season. Okay, not necessarily the future stuff and right? like but, implications of like having to resign Pedersen and Aronik. And... Yeah, but like in terms of this off season, like they are in very good shape, uh, which is so nice and also a little scary, obviously. Um, but the players, it sounds like they're maybe targeting. Like I'm not. Like even someone like signing Lucic for like league minimum or whatever for one year, like whatever we talked we talked about this before, but like yeah, I don't know. I'm I think part of it too is like, and this is something uh, you know I'm never gonna learn this lesson maybe. And 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 if you've been listening to this podcast from day one, or you listen to Real Good Show, or or you know any sports stuff that I've I've done, like I'm I'm generally pretty negative about this team because why wouldn't you be? Um, but at the start you of last year, I was, yeah, I, I mean, at the start of last year, I was, I was somewhat positive as were you, Aaron. Yeah. And I think I'm trending towards that level of positivity again and because of the OEL move. But again, we were like this after the Horvat move. And then we saw what happened uh, short, like a month after that. So, you know, we've had the rug pulled out from under us. We, we've had the football pulled away so many times. I'm, I, I know this is stupid to have any sort of hope or positivity whatsoever, but I'm still basking in the afterglow of the we're, OEL buyout. We're honest. ready to get disappointed again. Yeah, the OEL buyout yeah. certainly helps the vibes. Just not having to watch him anymore is so, oh man, and it's still Huge. so funny. It's so fun. I mean, Ryan Lambert, uh, we just did a bonus episode with him on Blocked Party and talked oh, nice. some hockey on there as well, but uh, he wrote an article for EP Rinkside where he was like, uh, why Why do fans of teams want to sign Ekman Larson? Like, what, do you know what you're, do you know how bad he is basically like it's not these reclamation projects almost never work like, I, like that sort of reclamation project i'll, so I'll say this it. i am interested to see what happens with him oh, wherever sure. he signs next year yeah. right but yeah. if i was a fan of a team that like could sign, i would not be like excited to see like i i have a morbid curiosity about it, it it's funny you bring up uh lambert i was listening to puck soup last night yeah and he, this is like fucking inception, but he was referring to what Friedman said about yeah. the buyout, which was the Canucks wouldn't do the buyout if they didn't have a target in mind. And 
Ryan described that as spine shilling, which got a oh. big, big charge out of me. That is, that is the stuff of fucking nightmares. There. I mean, he's not, he's not wrong, right? But I, I do think, you know, I mean, uh, Tim in the Discord has been banging the drum for someone like Travis Sanheim, right? And yeah. that's an interesting target because, you know, maybe Philly undervalues him, right? Because of his his contract, but like, yeah, like. I think that let's get into that because I thought that was a good trade proposal. It's good off season bullshit. So yeah. Sanheim is twenty seven, six foot three, left shot defenseman. He plays in like um, their tough matchup roles. Yeah. So which on Philly those were very tough matchups. Yeah, like he's he's partnered with Ristolainen. So like, what are you going to do? Um, I just think the fact that he's like a little bit bigger is good. And like, yes, I, I believe he can move the puck. Well, I'd be lying to you if I said I was like a, a Travis Sanheim expert, but like, yeah, former first round pick, like he's put up decent numbers. Um, he's an NHL defenseman. And yeah. It's not like, like he's like, I think part of the reason I'm somewhat excited for this season, obviously Myers is still on the team, which is like, whatever we have one year left at most of Tyler yeah. Myers. I I'll, I'll soldier on, you know, I've dealt with much worse. Yeah. Than yeah. Yeah. Man. But not having to watch OEL, like one of their huge problems for the last decade has been their highest paid players have sucked ass, right? Mm-hmm. And we're finally approaching a point. I mean, maybe two to three years of JT Miller accepted, but we're finally approaching a point where their best players will be their highest paid players, right? Yeah. Which is like, that's how it's supposed to be. It's not going to be Louis Erickson. It's not going to be OEL. You know, it's not going to be Myers soon, right? Like, like we're approaching a point where it's like, yeah, Hughes and Hronick are going to be making a lot of money, but they're also good, so it's yeah, fun, yeah. right? Um, uh. Absolutely. Well, and like that's kind of how I was conceptualizing if they were to say acquire Travis Sanheim, it would just after next season replace the Tyler Myers contract. Yeah, um, it is eight years, and he's twenty seven, so he'll be like thirty four by the time that it's it's done, which yeah. might not be good. But also, the Canucks have positioned themselves in a way where they're they're trying to win now and it like fits into the age of players that they're they're looking for um uh, i'm i was trying to pull up his like fancy stats and i forget the name of the fancy stats website that i go to i always want to type in left wing lock but i know it's not that natural stat trick that's the one yeah yeah. um just to see what some of the underlyings are but like maybe we can pull up the discord and see what the actual proposal that we we workshopped in there was earlier yeah, because we're um, pretty smart. Yeah, know, we, that's right. We know, we know what we're talking about here, but uh, I believe uh, Tim's idea was something like, I mean, it was a pipe dream because it, it yeah. involves getting, well, I, I don't know if there was actually a, a full-on proposal, but it was something like getting Sanheim, Nick Sealer, and Scott Lawton somehow, which is like a huge trade. Yeah. Oh, it was Sanheim and Lawton for, and it depend, this, of course, depends on how negatively they value Sanheim's deal, but... For like Gar- Garland, Pod Colson, and and like Pearson to balance out the cap or something, yeah. and maybe throw some picks in there. But I don't know. I mean, well, it re- I, I like your d- idea too, because um, yes. like what if you switch first with Philly, um, and take on like the Sanheim deal because they see it as, as negative money and they can it's get out. Assuming they it, see it right? as negative, because because I mean maybe they don't anymore. It's just they have new management, obviously. But obviously with new management, they're trying to get out of these. Big money deals too. And right? I believe so, Sanheim was like a guy that clashed with Tortorella, from yeah. what I read. So yeah. there, there could be some just personality problems yeah. there as well. Yeah, but, I, I, but I, I think, 
targeting their seventh pick makes a lot of sense if um if Mitchkov is maybe going to be there which he he absolutely could be the draft stuff i mean we're a week out from the draft obviously it's you know yeah. what else is weird is that the nba draft is a week before the nhl draft which i feel oh. like it's when we were younger it was always the other way around right like nhl <laughs> would finish earlier than the nba and the draft would be before the nba draft and yeah, like yeah 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 i feel you're like you're right around for some reason but anyway um the the draft is a week away and like draft news is like going fucking insane right now it's going crazy and i love it it's fantastic. You were talking about Jeff Merrick saying that uh, Anaheim was thinking. About oh yeah, that was overall. that was very bizarre. And like, this it could just be like, I, I feel like it's nothing. But apparently Merrick got a text after a thirty-two thoughts, and it was someone. That's the thing about thirty-two thoughts; they're always getting fucking texts. Yeah, and like, <laughs> who knows what that means, right? Like, like. I get texts too, but it's not usually like podcast material, you know, but yeah. this was like, but the thesis was like, uh, what's their GM Verbeek came up under Iserman and Iserman has made big splashes before. So this anonymous texter thinks that there's a chance that Anaheim takes Mitch Covet too. because that's like something that Iserman might do, which seems like a bit of a leap. And I, I I think even if Mitchkov was ready to come next year, uh, you'd probably still take Fantilli, right? Because of the size and the position. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's so interesting. I almost, I think what we should do in the discord at least is um, everyone does like a mock draft, like up to the Canucks pick or something or like top 20, like see who gets the closest. I think that would be a lot. That'd be fun. Um, Because I like, I, for the longest time I was like, okay, well like the top, two to three picks are pretty clear, but now it's like, I don't know if they are. I mean, number one, obviously is Connor Bedard. Number two, you would think is Adam Fantilli. And maybe this is just Anaheim throwing up smoke screens or, or who knows, right? Like there's so much of that this time of year. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard to say what to actually take seriously and what is just a smoke screen. Um, but yeah, I mean, what makes sense would be like Bedard, uh, then Fantilli, then Carlson, then I mean, then prop, then Mitchkov probably, but you know, Will Smith could go there yeah. as well. But I think we're at the point now where, like, after like the first two, like it's it's so wide open. This draft is is going to be so much fun. Like, there's going to be some big reaches as well, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be players falling, and there's going to be some really really big reaches too. And I think it'll be fun to sort of predict like what's the big reach going to be, who's the big faller going to be, because uh, like. I don't know. Well, it's... So so Bob McKenzie's rankings came out today, which used to be the gospel of like what's probably going to happen because of how connected yes. he is. I like it's he's kind of fallen off recently, I believe. Like I, I think Pronman is a little bit more on the yeah. nose of what's going to happen. Guess McKenzie's like, like semi-retired now. So yeah, sure, but right? like so. Pronman will release one like day of. Like he was the one that really started catching Slavkovsky to Montreal. Yeah, a year and he had ago. Shane Wright going fourth. Yeah, which which happened. I think he mixed up which defender New Jersey was going to take. But I think he had Juracek over Nemich. Yeah, yeah, that, essentially, yeah, essentially correct, yeah. So, uh, but Bob McKenzie's rankings came out today. Um, interestingly, he had Mitchkov going to Montreal, which a lot of the yeah. other buzz has been that that's not going to happen. Well, I guess uh, it's technically not a mock draft, though. It's a ranking, which is a little different, but... Yeah, um, but his rankings are like... 
they're very close what he to thinks generally. the draft is going to yeah. be. So, yeah. uh, I mean, take from that what you will. Uh, yeah. Then you had Leonard going to uh, the Coyotes, uh, Dvorsky going to Philadelphia. Then Reinbacker slipping to eight with the the Caps. Um, the Detroit Red Wings taking t- Benson. Yeah, yeah. and then um, St. Louis taking Gabe Perot. Which Gabe Perot going top ten is like that would be a surprising surprise. given all of God the, did he fucking produce in the, for the I know US man. that line team, is insane. He had 132 yeah. points that in 63 is, games. That's so nuts. That but the wild. U.S. national like those. It's so hard to determine how good a player is on that team because it's like an all-star team, right? Yeah, like they're kind of beating up on the other teams, right? So, like, good for them, but at the same time, like, what does it mean? Um, And then, like, I guess most importantly, the Bob McKenzie mock had Matthew Wood going to Vancouver, which I think we'd be fine with. I would, I would be fine with that. I would love that for sure. Yeah, like, with with the draft going that order, though, uh, I would much prefer they take Oliver Moore, who's a center. And, like, I can't seem to figure out if the Semeshev stuff is, like, him actually rising based on I don't know what. Or if it's, yeah. like, you know, favored his like great work watching all of his, his yeah. game tape and be like, hey, look at this. And then people are like, well, what about Semeshev? And then you have... Well, like, he's repped by Dan Milstein. Yeah, so. he's repped by Dan Milstein. And I believe uh, Dolly Wall said today that, like... 24 teams are going to interview him in Nashville prior to the draft. And like the Canucks are one of them. And yeah, like is, is there like, is the buzz organic or is it a result of people just like looking into this player more that seems to have gotten uh, overlooked? So um, I would, uh, I'd be very happy with Simashev now at, at 11 as well. Well, I, I texted you the other day and I was like, I'm locking it in. My prediction is if Simashev is there, they're going to take him. Mm-hmm. I guess like, I should couch that in like, well, if Mitchkov somehow falls to 11, I think they would take Mitchkov there, but I don't see him falling to 11. Yeah. I think the floor is eight with Washington, right? I, I think so. Yeah. I would, I would have to think so. But, um, I think if Simashev is there, they're, and, and, and Mitchkov isn't, I think they're taking him because it's like, he's a six, four, really, really smooth skating defenseman. Who's, solid defensively maybe and, has and apparently ready to come potential. over after two years right like yeah. it's not a huge Which weight fits perfectly i think you brought this up yeah, it fits yeah. perfectly with the the oel like cap bump right yeah so. it's like as soon as the the oel buyout is punitive for those two years you would have um Simashev ready to go on an entry-level deal so yeah that could work out quite well yeah. um speaking of the draft there was the alvin presser yesterday and yes. you mentioned this earlier, but they're one of the things he said was they're like not looking to trade down just to like acquire more draft picks. Like lots of people have called about the eleventh pick, uh, looking to move up. Um, they would only do it if it like made sense for them based on the the scouts. And they're also looking at opportunities to move up um, and see like maybe they could get a player that their scouts really value. Which it's it's crazy to hear that like from him and be like, oh, that sounds cool. Whereas if you heard it from Jim Benning, it would be like, oh, no, what are they going to fucking do? Well, I think I just it would be hilarious if they like spent real assets to move up in this draft yes. beyond like, yeah. you know, uh, first like adding in a third round pick to move up a couple. Of, even then, bad value because they easily could have drafted eight if they weren't fucking yeah, idiots down the stretch would, would have been so and, simple to and do. rode huge 30 minutes a night and played um the pants off of demco and had you know Pedersen. i think it was top five in the league for uh for ice time in his position like averaging 25 minutes so like 
they did this to themselves. Like they, they put themselves into a position where they like now would have to trade up if there's a player that they really like. Like if they were drafting eight, there'd be serious buzz about the Canucks taking like Mitchkov as an actual possibility. I know. They oh. could have Dvorsky. Like it's very frustrating. Oh, I know. Um <laughs> that we live our lives as uh as Canucks fans. But I, I am excited. I mean, the thing that worries me a little bit is uh that Pronman and I, I mean, I, I haven't looked back at his other mocks from recent other recent years to see just mm-hmm. how accurate he's been. But last year he was like scarily accurate, at least in the top four, and and also had Marco Casper. This is a, someone on HF boards pointed this out. Boss Ram on HF boards pointed this out. But uh-huh. in uh, in his twenty twenty two mocks, he was locking in Casper to Detroit in basically every iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done that with Danielson to the Canucks and Willander to the Blues in like four or five mock drafts, right? So it scares me a little bit that like maybe he's hearing something um, that they really, really like him. And like, I, I don't know. I've, I've watched some video of Danielson and it's like the low ceiling stuff is kind of scary, but it's also like, I, I think he'll st- he's still a good prospect. Like uh, Pronman compares him to Lindholm, which is like, if you're getting Lindholm at 11th overall, that's pretty Yeah, that's good. dope. Um, so like... The uh, I just pulled up his mock draft from last year, yeah. and he had Lakaramaki going ninth to Buffalo, and then he had the Vancouver Canucks picking up Noah Ostland, who I do believe went to Buffalo, correct? To Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he had him like flipped around, which is kind of funny. But it yeah. was like the sixteenth pick, right? Uh, not yeah. the not the ninth. Um, Man, I'm I'm so excited for this draft and doing the live stream for it's going to be so yeah, much it's going to be well. sweet. Because it's uh, just gonna be like it's gonna be so wide open. Like someone like Ryan Leonard could fall as well, and like yeah, if he I falls to the Canucks. Do they take him? Like he's, a, he's a winger, but could he be a They'd center? Better. Like, I think there's no way that he drops out of the top ten with like how people are talking about him. I know. Him being, I can't like, see that the most Kachuk like player in this draft. Like I know, man. Yeah, because he's like five eleven, five. He's almost six, but he's like five eleven and three quarters. Apparently, yeah. one hundred ninety pounds. And he crushed the physical testing at yeah. the. Uh, at the combine, yeah. man. Oh God, I'm just I'm, man. I'm nervous. Like last year's draft, I don't think I was as nervous because I was like, well, this, this draft class kind of sucks. Yeah, right? and it was like the fifteenth pick. Like you'll you'll see, there's not like, there wasn't as much to get excited about. Yeah, and I was pretty excited to see Lakaramaki fall to the Canucks because uh, he was a guy that seemed pretty exciting had a decent decently high ceiling obviously didn't have a great year but finished strong in the playoffs but i mean this year it's just like i mean whoever they pick is just gonna be their best prospect like by a long shot you know um so it's it's so exciting to just have prospects to look like you know say what you will about the the jim benning years which were absolute hell but it was Mm -hmm. so fun watching besser in college or watching Pedersen play in sweden or watching or watching hughes totally college, right? yeah like it was great so i want to be and obviously we can do that now with some of the prospects but they're not we don't really ha- they don't have a blue chip prospect and they're going to get one at 11 and i oh man i can't and hopefully wait. it's not nate danielson folks <laughs> uh, well apparently they like samuel hanzik too people have been saying which like has that bo- uh, is that I haven't seen that. Where was where was that? Oh God, it might I mean, I was talking athletic. to Twitter uh, with someone today about Hansi because they liked him to um, to Buffalo. Yeah, but I haven't heard any. I, and like, I've also seen like conflicting listings on whether or not he's a center or whether or not he's a winger. Yeah, he's so, a big guy. Yeah, yeah, he is big, which is nice. I guess like he's a little bit more NHL ready as well. But yeah. uh, 
I, I think there's going to be better talent available. I, at 11, I would, right? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm. It's just I cannot remember a draft this wide open where. Like, it's not even that, like, like Simashev is ranked 19th in, you know, 19th, 20th in a lot of rankings. But, like, if he went top 10, would you be surprised? Like, no, no. not at all. So, I I don't know. I'm, I, I cannot wait. And I, I just, you know, there's so many players they could take that I'd be really, really excited with. Mm-hmm. I think Danielson, like you said, wouldn't be that exciting. But it's like, well, I don't think it would be, like, a horrible pick. Yeah, you know, it's, like it's you could like do worse, right? It's not like a U Levy or Vertanen level pick necessarily, but I don't know. The guy that I think could maybe fall is someone like Oliver Moore, where yeah. like you know, he didn't have like insane numbers because he was playing on the second line of the US US development team. Mm-hmm. And he's like really, really fast, obviously, but is the worry that like he's only really, really fast, well, right? I read so. him being compared to Dylan Larkin today. Oh, where man. like sometimes well, the feet are just like uh, the feet and hands are faster than the brain. Yeah. I was like, Man, I'll take that baby. Well, the Let's other go. comparison Promman keeps making for Danielson is Dylan Cousins, which would be like, okay, I'll take Dylan yeah, Cousins I mean, to the Canucks. Um, yeah, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh on him. It's just like the fact that it is like a low floor, low or high floor, low ceiling pick just yeah. like doesn't excite me. I, I want to see swings because for like sure. in order like for the Canucks to be a contender one day, they need a hit on these swings. So. I know. I'm so pissed they don't have like a uh, an early second rounder. To yeah, take, like, get like Oliver Bonk if he falls, or like the guy that I remember watching at the top prospects game who was like, "Oh shit, this guy, this is like a really good skater. He looks really good." Was um, uh, Tanner Molden Moldendike. He's uh, mm-hmm. plays for Saskatoon. Okay, he's kind of a smaller defenseman, but he's like such a good skater. Um, and it was like, man, like that's the type of guy you want to just take in the second round with like an early pick and like. I don't know. I, that, but, that's you the know, thing that gets me about the Heronic trade, right? Yeah. Like yeah. beyond just like looking at draft rankings now and be like, oh, there's they could have both uh, Hansik and <laughs> whoever yeah. else, right? Like they could get uh, Matt Wood and Colby Barlow. Um, yeah. But like, why did they add the second round pick? Uh, I don't know. Was that I'm really sure. the fucking deal breaker there? I guess so, I but like it just—it feels so. like they got fleeced on that deal. Like I think I they know. must have really liked Heronic. There's that buzz that they liked him back when they were in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, like, I think Detroit's gonna use those second round picks to like trade for something else as well. So like, I, I JC Miller. God, I mean that would be great. I, it sounds <laughs> like they're not gonna trade Miller now yeah. too. But like, but then also, I mean, and and this is sort of nice because I think with Jim Benning, one of the big problems was he would say something and then he would just do it right. Yes. And it was he he would he was incapable of like putting up a smoke screen or like obfuscating he couldn't he couldn't like help himself. So he would just say what he wanted to do. Like if he said something he was going to do it. Do you remember obviously there was the Suban and Stamkos like tampering stuff? Yep. But like good times. The, the classic like stupid Jim Benning thing to me was when he was like, "Yeah, I uh I have every team's roster like their their lineup like written on like a huge whiteboard in my office and i like it's like a fantasy hockey thing basically and it's and it's but he's just like so open about it and it's like man like i <laughs> come on man like where i think alvin like straight up is like i mean alvin and rutherford are, are obviously smarter than jim benning that's a low bar but like the fact that he was like i don't think we're gonna be using a buyout and then he did the best buyout he could have done buying out oel yeah is, like you know, maybe things can change, obviously, but like 
he's capable of subterfuge. Well, a let's bit, get into you know? the uh, the presser from yesterday. Like, did, I don't know if you listened to the whole thing or just read quotes. I did. Just, I read to some it. quotes. Yeah. Um, it was in, like it's kind of the opposite of Benning, where it feels like they're saying all the right things, and then a lot of the actions like dictate otherwise. Like, yeah. there was a lot of talk about this isn't going to be a quick fix, and they've said that a lot, but they've also made a lot of quick fix moves. Yeah. And at one point, I think it was Jeff Patterson asked, like, so are you, is the goal to acquire two top four defensemen? Like, he was asked about Bear and yeah, gave a kind of, like, non-answer to it. And Alvin laughed and said, well, I think every team would love to do that, but... We're <laughs> great impression. Thank you. We're <laughs> we're looking at um like we definitely want to add another top four defenseman. Then we feel like there's a lot of good competition internally. Uh, between any who did he name drop? Noah Juleson, who isn't signed yeah. yet, but like I guess he will be soon. Um, yeah. Jet Wu. Uh, yeah. Cole McWard. I think he dropped McWard, and then Akita Hirose who also needs a contract. He's like, sure. What? I think one of those guys could, I mean, I think one or two of those guys could be playing for the Canucks next season. And yeah, which is not. And like those, like, guys, the thing is those guys are way better than Myers and OEL, right? True. So it is an improvement. Like if, technically. if you take it at face value, right? It's like, okay, they're yeah. not going to rush things along. They're not going to irresponsibly spend this money. Like I feel better about this. This, this could pick up my vibes to a three and a half outlaw stars. And yeah. you're like, well, they executed the OEL buyout like for a reason, right? Yeah. To, I mean, what else could they have really done? But that's it was definitely liter- that, it that, was literally the only thing they could. But do. that's like, a movie you make literally. because you want to make the playoffs this year. Same with like acquiring Philip Peroni. Well, like that's something you do to make the playoffs this year. It, that, I think. I think what I'll do, like the OEL thing is like, yes, you do that to make the playoffs, but I think you also do that because like your hands were totally forced. Like even if. They weren't. Pl- they are, and I look. They are planning on trying to make the playoffs next year because, kind of, what else can they do? But like, I think either way, you buy out OEL because it's just like bad vibes to have him on the team, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm definitely in favor of the buyout. It's just I, I feel like they're they're bull taming and they're gonna pull the fucking carpet away from us and like ah no we're just trying to improve the hockey team. We've always said we're trying to improve the hockey yeah. team, and that's why we're giving. Ryan O'Reilly six times seven or whatever, right? Which that was another thing that came up on the thirty-two thoughts from today. They actually it was one of those like edited in things where Elliot Friedman records from his car or whatever. He's like, right. a thought that I had today was, what about Ryan O'Reilly to Vancouver? And Hell like, no. shut the fuck up. I don't want no. <laughs> I I get that. I get it from a hockey fit, right? Like if. They need a third line center. He's probably the best third line center available. He would like yeah. help him with a penalty kill. He would be able to help mentor your your younger players in like a Sundin Light type thing, potential Hall of Famer. But how much is he going to cost, man? Like if he was to sign a two year deal, right? They use all that extra cap space just on Ryan O'Reilly, for example. Wouldn't yeah. love it, but like that I could live with. But why would he want to spend these like? two legacy building years playing for the fucking Vancouver Canucks. Like presumably he still wants to win more cups. Exactly. So like you would think then that the only way that the Canucks could get Ryan O'Reilly is by giving him term and money, which would absolutely fuck the team. 
Yeah. So like, yeah. please, oh. no, do not do that. Uh, oh, sign, sign, uh, Carson. Is it? It's Carson Susie. Carson Susie. Yeah. So that's yeah. like another thing that's come up from a uh, a bunch of different sources. Now there's the yeah. athletic, which article. I like. I like that. I mean, that seems fine. That one to me kind of depends on on cost as well. Yeah. Like. You could do a lot worse, but he was playing third pairing minutes in Seattle. We'll get into the playoffs, but like he is what twenty seven? I think so. Yeah, twenty seven or twenty eight. So and like time to like a four or five year deal, I guess. Like, like he was playing on a deep defense in Minnesota, right? And he's yeah. played in a deep defense in Seattle. Yeah, but like for his entire career, he's only really been a third pairing guy. So like, yeah, he's big, better than OEL. I guess yeah. he's a little bit. He's like it, he's listed on Hockey DB as uh, six and a half. Wait, six feet and a half an inch. Yeah, six, which is fine. Six point zero five. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's like big enough, right? It's not like he's this gargantuan guy. And like, I he looked good in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess you would be. I just, I just want competent, caddy, right? Yeah, I just want competent defensemen on on the team, and and not like someone like Tucker Pullman. That was just a bad signing from the start, right? Yeah. Like, I just, I, I think, I just want players where they go out there and, and they're just like, you don't notice them, you know? Yeah. That would that would be nice. Susie is 28, July okay. birthday. So right. heading into next season, he'll be 29. Okay. So like, yeah, if it's like a three or four year deal, give her hell. Sure. Especially if it's not like too much money. Yeah. Better than giving like six times six to Adam Graves or, or something of that, that nature. Well, like that's another thing that all the, the buzz around, um, the guy that got traded to Columbus, you know, the guy, right? Shot oh, defenseman um, from New Jersey. Da- Damon uh, Severson. 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 Yeah. Uh, all that buzz around the Canucks as well. Like makes me kind of fearful. Like, I think I've just been hurt too many times by them to like, see them have money and like expect them to do, smart things with it i know the I know. the other players I, I just think it's possible they might i know it's they've look they did it before with mike gillis like they they this team can be smart with their money like they've done it before in it's only been a few times in the history of the entire franchise but they have made smart moves and smart decisions before so it's not impossible that it could happen again and i know i have i know this is copium and i have way too much hope for this team but it's possible they, they don't do anything stupid with their cap space. It is possible, baby. We live in a universe of unlimited fucking possibilities. <laughs> no, I was the, Another thing about the OEL deal, right, is yeah. immediately afterwards, I was like, you know what? You got to hand it to Francesco Accolini for paying that fucking money for this guy not to be on the team. Um, and then it's like the, the meme of like, you absolutely don't have to hand it to him because I think you go to... Say you're you're Alvin or Rutherford and you need to get OEL off your team. Yeah. You're like, hey, Francesco, this guy sucks. We we need to get rid of him. And I know, I know it's a lot of money, but check it out. Real cash, next two years, you're going to be paying him $18 million if we don't buy him out. Or you could pay him $19.5 million over, what is it, eight years? Yeah. I'll take that $1.5 million of interest just to spread yeah. out that hurt. Fuck it. Yeah. So I don't even think it's like a particularly bold money spending option for him. I just think it was, was pragmatic. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like you're, I was just reminded of that. Cause you're like, they did make smart decisions before, but it was like seemingly when ownership was 
less involved in the process. Uh, yeah. So beyond Susie, there's two other names mentioned in that athletic article about buzz around the Canucks from our Canucks insiders. Uh, yeah. Barbashev. Yeah, that's I don't another know. That's, scary that seems, one, man. That, I don't know if he's a center and he's not. He just won the cup, so he's gonna get paid like a million dollars more than he normally would because he's 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 won the gonna cup. get Fernando Persanid. I yeah, it really is. That to me is like signing Barbashev would be a Jim Benning move. It, incredibly, like, and don't get me wrong, Barbashev was fantastic in the playoffs. And oh, I, yeah. I think a uh, him playing wing with Pedersen. Ooh, baby, give me that all day long. Yeah. But I think the only way that that makes sense is if you are like trading out Garland, right? And yes. then you're taking that like five million that you're saving on that. But like, how are you trading Garland without taking back cap? That's not going to happen, right? Yeah. But you use like, say you use some of those savings, right? To then go out and spend on, on Barbashev. That would be like doable. Yeah. But God, that and like, he's a physical winger. How mu- how often do those guys like last a long time in the league and can like continue to contribute? Right, like they're def- you're signing you're signing to a contract that even if it's good for the first couple of years, it will be bad the last few years. I mean yeah, that goes without saying, paid, right? Like, yeah, that I mean that goes for most free agent signings, obviously, but this one like especially for sure. Yeah. Uh, now man. now you're getting me worried again. Now I'm, I'm sorry. Scared. I'm sorry. It's okay. was, it's if, if the buzz around the team was like. Okay, I'm looking at the the evolving hockey projections for Carson Soucy, by the way, and it's projected yeah. three years, two point six. Give me that all day long. That's great. Yeah. Um, I just want to find the the projection for Barbashev. Uh, okay, that's there's no way it's that cheap. Okay, there's his four years, four point eight million, but I think he can probably he's getting tackle, closer to like six, probably yeah, six and a half, and probably for more years than that. Yeah, twenty seven. So I guess like a younger UFA, but ugh, ugh, not sure, man. Not <laughs> sure about that. I I want to see them actually like be forward thinking and weaponize this cap space. Yep. Like take on a Barclay Goudreau for more assets. Take on a Ryan Johansson for more assets. Take on like one year of Josh Bailey for more assets. Like plug those holes that you need to plug, especially in that like third line C position without having to like pay for it in the free agent market. I I really hope we I mean like I said, I, I have a bit of hope that they're gonna be smart and they're gonna do smart stuff and make smart moves. Well, knock it off. You shouldn't have I know, hope. I know, I shouldn't. <laughs> I really shouldn't. I mean we're gonna know I'm this is obviously the most exciting like coming up, the most exciting week and a half or so of the off season because Yeah. You know, not only do we have the draft on on Wednesday, which I I can't get over it being on a Wednesday. That's still it's weird so to me. Fucked, but man, um, but I'll 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 take it. Whatever, it's fine. It's not like I have a fucking job, so it's 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 all good for me. And then Thursday morning, I'm gonna get up early, make some coffee, make some breakfast, and I mean that that was always my favorite thing to do on like this because the draft is always on the Friday. Usually, yeah, right? then you have and Saturday Saturday, Saturday morning, morning you get cartoons. Get up early. You, I mean, back in the day, it was like really hard to watch the second day of the impossible it was essentially you had to have the nhl network and even then they weren't really like showing the whole thing they would just occasionally update like what the picks were right yeah and yeah you'd so have um it, what's that guy dave reed or something yes or yeah i, th- I think that's who it was and you know the I guy mean, that, is like a very yeah. square looking head uh, i think he was a former avalanche I, 
I think it's was it yeah I know who you're talking about yeah. but I mean now it is sort of similar in that it's not like it's the, Dave day one day one of the go. hell yeah it's not like day <laughs> one of the draft where you're seeing every single pick happening but they do talk about the players a lot more and um, yeah I mean I'm I'm so stoked oh dude that. did you hear who Sportsnet is getting to join them for the the draft this year oh no Chuck someone Fletcher good someone oh yes okay. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Fuck. Woo. Well, you know what? Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Jim Benning and uh, and John Weisbrod. I think they're like going July to be 1st. able to. Is it July? It's July first. I, I think. Yeah, I believe July first is when their contracts are. Because I saw someone say two weeks, like uh, a few days ago. So yeah, July first. I think they can like finally talk to the media about. I man, I mean. I don't think Jim Benning will because I, I don't blame him. He's horrible at talking to the media. I don't know why he would want yeah. to, but I'm sure he can get like a pillow soft interview somewhere if he really wanted to. But like, we'll I just need it. to hear, I, I mean, absolutely. I need to hear from that man again. I need to, wouldn't it be so funny if like, uh, he starts talking like smart Alice Cooper in Wayne's world all of a sudden, <laughs> as soon as he's not a GM, he's like the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> uh, I mean, that'd be something. You're right. <laughs> Maybe all the pressure of being G- a GM made him stupid. And yeah, outside of that, and he gets the so like, crayon extracted from his brain. Yeah. So like he, the interview with, with Aquilini, he sounds like Albert Einstein. He's like the smartest guy alive. And <laughs> as soon as he gets the job, he just becomes a total moron. Uh. Oh, I do miss hearing. I mean, uh, there was something about hearing his voice that was like, not comforting. That's because it was like terrifying, but it was just like really, it did warm my heart a little bit, you know, hearing that guy and being, being like, yeah, hey, you know what? Good. Good for this guy. Speaking, speaking of Jim Bending, there's something I wanted to talk to you with. I thought it was a really good point. It was brought up yeah. by uh, Jamie Dodd on Canucks Talk. Yeah. There's barely any Bending contracts left on the team. I know. This is know. this is fucking this is Alvina Rutherford's team. Like the so you stink have, the stink is almost off the Yeah, team. so you have Hughes, Pedersen, and Demko, all Bending contracts, all good. Yeah. And besides well, that, Pet- Pedersen not a good yeah, contract, I mean, but like but yeah, the money that he's making now, right? Like, yes. obviously yeah. they should have signed him for a max contract at the time, and then yeah. we'd be in really good position with him. But regardless, besides that, it is Connor Garland, and Tyler Myers, yeah, and then I guess you have like the entry level deal for Vasily Podkolz and whatever, and then there's also the LTIR boys, Pearson and Pullman, yeah. Um, yeah. which could really fuck them if they are are healthy. I mean, I yes. feel like we haven't heard anything about Pullman. I think that's probably is like, this is that's which yeah, is really sad. What happened got to him? Post concussion syndrome, not great. Pearson, it sounds like is going to try to be there for training camp, but again, who knows how much that, of that is? That sounds like such fucking double speak to me, I know. man. Like, I know. The, it's he is preparing to be to what do you say? He's preparing to attempt to be ready for training camp or something like that. Like it was very, very vague. And so they could do like, yeah. well, I never said he was going to be ready for training camp. And it would make sense to me that it's like they want to not get themselves in trouble with the PA by saying, oh, yeah, it looks really bad. He just had his seventh hand surgery. And this one's probably yeah. <laughs> fucked up, too. And he's never going to play again. Oops. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> so I, I guess I'll be, like believe it when I see it for Pearson from like a just purely human standpoint, I would love to see him get back. Um, and also kind of to fuck up like Canucks management. I'd like that as a fuck you to them. Oh, I, sure. I have yeah. no idea what would like happen to the team if he comes back, you know, but it would not be good. Like, I don't think I, I think, I mean, they're really, really 
relying on him basically not playing. Yeah, like who to, knows? Um, like he didn't play well prior to the injury, but was he playing hurt? Because in the season prior, like 21-22, he was good. He got good defensive results. He played well with JT Miller. But then he's effectively had a year off and is like getting yeah. a year of age and I assume hasn't been working out that much because that was a lot of the talk about like when he had that, that press conference at the end of the year, like he was just trying to like pick up his kids again and stuff, right? Like it really didn't seem good like six weeks ago or whenever that was, right? So yeah. I I suppose we shall see, but I my cap sensors were going off for that one. Yeah. Oh man, I... uh, that other like so yeah like I how do I put this? I think while we look at the team, we're like, oh boy, look at this pile of garbage, right? Yeah. Um I, I think Canucks management is probably looking at it, being like, well, look, we we've already retooled. It's time to go. These are these are our horses, right? Which yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be like putting money on those horses to to get in the playoffs. Um I mean obviously it depends what they do in the offseason. But I think the other the other thing is, and this is something that I, I feel like fans of the team, especially pro Jim Banning fans over the years, really, really struggled with was they always look at the team in a total vacuum, right? Yeah. They look at the team and they're like, Oh, this player's good. This player's good. This player could be good. This is a good roster. And it's like, well, okay, have you compared it to every other team in the league, every other team in your division, in your conference, whatever? Like, you know you're competing against other teams to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Well, like... And and this is this oh, is man. bad timing for the Canucks, right? Like, it's terrible because the, the Pacific, Pacific Division so good is now. good again now, which is... F- I mean, it's good. It has two of the shittiest teams in the league. Yeah. Calgary, I think... I mean, we should talk about Calgary. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, that that was something I wanted to bring up. Was like, I see implosion and imploded trending on Twitter. I know it's about the submarine, <laughs> but I mean, it could also be about the Calgary Flames. <laughs> oh, man. That fucking submarine is catnip for the people in my trailer at work. I, there's oh, been, for sure. It, like, since yesterday, every lunch break, every coffee break has been nonstop fucking submarine riffs. That is a classic work that's a classic like when i used to work at the uh the plumbing warehouse i worked there for several years it's exact same thing that would have been all anyone was talking about oh man like and it's great i love it when like a yeah when a sales guy is talking about starling i I bet what do you what do you want to bet that uh that elon musk sabotaged it because he had some billionaire deal that he wanted to do like oh yeah that's absolutely what happened not just that it's things a piece of shit and that they're stupid for me i don't want to get into the stupid submarine but um <laughs> <laughs> well did you hear that the the submarine stuff is is happening when the u.s is trying to push through artificial meat oh my god we get we get a little bit conspiratorial at work the, the um, conspiracy theories about the sub are really funny but anyway speaking of implosions the calgary flames tyler Toffoli doesn't want to resign there uh, well, let's start Lee from Hull the top. Want to there. Uh, yeah. it, Cerevelli's feed today is hilarious talking about the Flames because. <laughs> yeah. Is it with two? Is Frank. <laughs> okay. Well, so we all know that um, Hannafin wants out. Yes. All right. Yeah. Hannafin. Then the Flames have made a big pitch to try and re-sign Elias Lindholm. Uh, they're waiting on a response and haven't been given a definitive answer yet, but general league speculation that he's leaning towards not re-signing. 
Uh, finally, I'm told that uh, Michael Backlund is also leaning towards not re-signing. That could change. Um, nonetheless, Craig Conrad has decisions to make. Not to throw oh, another man. log onto the fire for the Flames, yeah. but Tim <laughs> likes this continues. I told Tyler Toffoli also plans on not oh, re-signing. Oh, yes. God, I love it. I mean, the thing that's going to be funny about this is when they decide to do a tear-it-down rebuild and are ahead of the Canucks like three years from now. But I, Do you think you know, they will? I well, that's the thing is like Canadian teams like they other than like Toronto and I guess Montreal right now like they rarely ever rebuild on purpose. Like the Oilers, I don't know if you can call it like the decade of darkness was like they just sucked. Yeah, but they there were, was no plan there. Were they? Right? Tr- they were trying to tank some of those years though. Like when they got, I would, all... I, I would say they were they were tanking, but they were really really bad. And I don't know that it was like ever a rebuild because they were still making like you know Jay Beagle type signings, like signing like Eric Belanger and like those types of players, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think like the Toronto one was a full on proper rebuild. Montreal, what Montreal's doing now is a full on proper rebuild. Um, but it's so, and I, I mean. It will be interesting to see what happens to Winnipeg as well because they're apparently going to buy out Blake Wheeler. And obviously, their other good players want out. Like, does Ehlers want out? I haven't heard anything about him. Um, so it's going to be... I mean, it, we're approaching a point where, like, you know, the Canucks aren't going to be... Like, Montreal, obviously, is the worst Canadian team right now. But, like, Calgary could be worse than the Canucks next year. Yeah, you know? like, especially Winnipeg they could be worse out, than the Canucks next like, year. I... I just get the sense that Calgary, like Winnipeg, will try and rebuild on the fly, um, yeah. which obviously would be misguided, right? But yes. and this is complete fantasy. But I would love to see uh, just trap JT Miller in one of these places. You oh, like man. it? It's nice and conservative there. We'll do oh, like <laughs> Miller plus for Lindholm or Miller plus for Dubois, something like that. That'd be so cool. I know it's not going to happen. But when I like hear like this reporting and stuff, that's that's where my mind instantly goes. Yes, I mean I I still hope they're gonna trade Miller. They said they weren't. You know it, the vibe around the team is they're not going to. But the vibe around the team was they weren't gonna buy out OEL. Right? They they so, change their mind every time they fart, man. Uh, yeah, with, no, with JT Miller especially, right? <laughs> like they were yeah. feverly trying to move him at the deadline, and then he's hot for three weeks or four weeks or whatever it was, and they're like, you know what? We do want him for the next eight years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I think that I, I'd like to think that management is forward thinking enough that if they could get a true center who's younger, they should do it. Right. Yeah. But it also seems like the absolute goal is to make the playoffs. So, eh, eh, eh. Um, also sounds like uh, Myers is going to stick around, probably due to necessity because they only have like a couple of NHL defensemen right now. Yeah. Whatever. It's one year it left. Out, trade him at the They'll deadline, trade, maybe. Exactly. Maybe you trade him at the deadline. I think that would be an, that's going to be an interesting thing, right? Like if they're close to the playoffs at the deadline, will they trade Myers or will they be like, oh, we kind of oh, need, we need this. Can't body wait for the to playoffs, podcast you know? about that. An own playoff rental, Tyler Myers. Oh Jesus. Uh, Don't speak it into existence. <laughs> they're, they're also, uh, I liked to, I, I was interested by Alvin's comments on Besser where yeah. he sounded like genuinely excited for, uh, his new off season regime. I guess yeah. he's like focusing more on fitness and they told him no more the beauty league. And, He's like, he's trying to turn his life around. He's going to get his name back, as Alvin said. So it would yeah. be really cool if Besser came in like a bit faster and, and more in shape. Um, and then we could get like really excited about him again. Um, yeah. 
So that's that, that, that would be great because cool. yeah, the last couple seasons. I mean, obviously he's been dealing with a lot of shit. Yeah, off the he's ice, like a very like, easy person to cheer for. So like, yeah, beyond just being yeah. a Canucks fan that wants to see them win, like I want to see Besser put up seventy points and for thirty sure. goals. And I'm sure like you know playing in the beauty league and just hanging out at the cabin, like I totally get that. And like I you know. I don't think he necessarily has to not go to the cabin, right? Yeah. But like, I guess if it's him, and who, you know, it's uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I'm ex- I'm tentatively excited for Besser next season. Um, I guess is Garland still on the block? Like, do we know? I mean, uh, they haven't said anything about Garland. I would like assume that he is. Yeah. But that's like a we'll we'll wait and see type of thing, right? Like the. The consensus seems to be some teams really value him, and then some teams think that he's a he's a pretender. So, yeah, like now that the Canucks aren't under the the cap crunch that they were before buying out OEL, like maybe they yeah. could get fair value, or maybe there's a hockey trade there to be made. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I like. I kind of would like to see. Like I like Garland. Like I think he's good driver on that third line. We've talked about it a bunch, but just like the team needs to change to be better because yeah. for the longest time they've been less than the sum of their parts, which like you were talking about before, like Canucks fans like, look at all these good players. And like, I am guilty of doing the same thing in my head, like going into yeah. last season, you're like, Oh wow. Look at all these lines. We got Mikheyev now and we got three really good centers and, um, and then they play and it's, it's bad because it's like a bunch of talented individuals and not a team. So I would love if they could do moves that would flip that where like they're, greater than the sum of their parts because they play really well that would be yes. like way more fun to watch than like that'd look be, at these talented be, underachievers oh man it would be great i just want i mean i the team is like pretty likable for the most part but like yeah I, I would like to for the canucks to make the playoffs and be like a cool like underdog team or something i mean they're gonna be an underdog team no matter what yeah right? but like that would be that would be kind of fun i think and you know we've said this so many times before but we're we're essentially all in on them making the playoffs next year because Woo! what else can you be, right? It's it's sort of we've been put into this position, but yeah, I don't know. It's we got a big week coming up. This is this is gonna be kind of our last like somewhat calm. This is the calm before the storm. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll like, do a bonus. Episode, oh man, it'd be cool if we got to do an emergency podcast this weekend. Shit, oh, wouldn't that, that be, be something? I would love that. But we unless are, it's about yeah. bad news. Well, that's true. Yeah, um, but this is this is the calm before the storm. I mean, next week is going to be. Uh, really crazy, oh. and I'm really excited. With that, around yeah. the league. So we talked about the the Flames briefly. Who? What are some other teams that you're like excited to see what they they do this off season? Uh, Columbus. I okay. think they're. I don't know who they're gonna pick at third. I don't know if they're gonna keep trying to win now. Uh, and and bring in more players. I think that's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, Calgary, like you said, uh, Toronto for sure. Are they going to trade one of the big four? Are they going to just kind of run it back? Which I don't think would be necessarily the wrong thing to do. Yeah, you know? it looks like they're going to run it back, right? It seems like it, but you never know. Boring. Nylander uh, for Will- Willer. <laughs> uh, Winnipeg. Another. You know, we we discussed them briefly yeah. earlier, but they have a lot of stuff to do. Um, I'll believe Winnipeg's going to do something when they fucking do it, man. I can't believe it's been like this for years. Like, Oh man, they've had the same GM their entire existence. Mark Shifley wants out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Fucking get him out then. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean Chicago to an extent because they have so much cap space. Like, are they just going to need players to play around? Yeah. Player. Who are they going to bring in? Um, Batard. Actually that, I hope they save us from Barbashev. 
They could. They easily yeah, could. And they it. could, they could sign, they could sign O'Reilly him. as well. Yeah. O- O'Reilly would make a lot of sense as like a mentor for Bedard too. Like, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, Chicago's interesting. It's just going to be a really exciting off season overall because I think I'm hope, hopeful we see some more like Kachuk style trades too. Right. But, yeah. Oh man. That'd be um, dope. Edmonton, I'm sort of interested in because they're really fucked by the cap. Same yeah. With Boston. And so I kind of want to see what they do to get out of that. Um, well, like, speaking of, of banging drums, like I know one that Drance has been on for a while that I like is maybe that you could get Edmonton to pay you to take on Cody Cece and then just you plant him next to Quinn Hughes. Doesn't yeah. have to do much. It's going to be a better. How many Quinn years Hughes. does he have left? Not very many. Like um, two, maybe? Yeah, let's see. Cat friendly. My favorite website, every hockey podcaster's favorite website, <laughs> uh, cat friendly. It has, yeah, two years at 3.2. He's 29. Okay. Like, whatever. That's, that's fine. I know, I know he's like a whipping boy on whatever team he's on, right? But yeah, whatever. I, that's, how, how yeah. much worse could it get? I mean, that's a dangerous question to ask as a Canucks fan, but yeah. I totally agree. It's well, like, I mean, compared he, to like, oh man, is he not going to be up to Jordy Ben level? He's not going to be worse than OEL. Right. I mean? Like so, and, and yeah. for someone to play with fucking Hughes, I like it. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, yep. I am really excited to see what Seattle does because yeah. they have cap space. They're already a good team. They're going to get better with Beneers. Um, and like, what what could they add to like help push them to the next level? Um, which I mean is bad as a Canucks fan, right? Because they're the same division. Yeah. And speaking of like defense earlier, it's like, oh, you might have Noah Juleson or Jet Wu as a top pairing defender playing with Quinn Hughes. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at the defenses <laughs> of uh, Vegas, Seattle, Edmonton, uh, LA. LA. Uh, as of right now, the Calgary Flames, like. You're you're really like uh, LA like didn't they in the in the trade with uh, Columbus didn't they trade Sean Walker who would just like easily walk on as a top six defenseman for the Canucks like they have you know so, Jordan yeah. Spence Sean Dursey is apparently on the market maybe like oh man it's, it'd be so nice to have that problem and like I mean you know other than other than them picking Mitchkov which would be great like I I am not against the Canucks picking. Like, I would honestly love to see it. Just pick a fucking defenseman with every pick in this draft. Let this be the defenseman draft. <laughs> because chances are one or two of them will hit, you know? Realistically speaking. You can, uh, you can especially the 11th overall, but you have multiple third and fourth round picks. You pick all defensemen. You have, they have five third and fourth rounders, I think. Is that what it was? So it, it's four or five, I think. Yeah. And Walk away with, like, at least three defensemen, please. Yes, which I, I think they will. Yeah, and a probably. center maybe, you know, I mean, and maybe they'll a probably goalie, throw a goalie but, there. Yeah. <laughs> they have the, they have the, all these picks. They're going to get some centers, some wings, some goalies, um, yeah. some defensemen. <laughs> I'm also excited for New Jersey. They also have quite a bit of space. Like, yes, yes they have. Are they going to go after Hellebuck? Like, you know, like, will they? That yeah. Hellebuck thing, like, apparently he wants like nine and a half million dollars. He wants like Vasilevsky money, which yeah. yes, he's been a very good defend or defender, a very good goalie on a bad team in Winnipeg. But man, I would be high tailing it out of there if there's any term on that. Like, yeah, maybe if you're New Jersey, you give them like three years, nine million. But then, like, is Hellebuck really motivated by only twenty-seven million dollars? Yeah. Well, and also look at Aiden Hill, right? Like, is that a lesson to be taken this year? Is like that goaltending is not a pl- uh, you know? It, it, to me, it's kind if, of like if your fucking coach is Bruce Cassidy. Oh, I mean, of course, like, and you have a great, and you have a great de- uh, 
you know, great defensive core and everything too. But like, are we getting to the point where goaltending is sort of it, it, you know, to make the comparison to like running backs in the NFL, right? Where like they used to be so valuable and now yeah, it's like it's not like, really. Let, a let me thing answer anymore. that for you. Yes, I do think so. At least like Which slowly getting there, right? Yeah. Like I would, I think, like, I wouldn't want to pay a goalie unless you're like talking about like Sorokin or, or Shurgisev, like someone that's like yeah. cheap and obviously phenomenal. Um, yeah. I wouldn't want to be paying them north of like six or seven million. Fuck no. Bobrovsky should yeah. be like a big cautionary tale. For sure. I'm I'm excited to watch Silovs next year. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Did I you know, watch like, the the Calder Cup finals? It went to game 7 overtime. No, I was in bed and so I was in it was in overtime, but that's like That's crazy. Yeah. God. And then um yeah, Seattle the, the Coachella Valley Thunderbirds lost. It was the Hershey Bears. Hershey that Bears. took it home. Um They've won 12 Calder Cups apparently. That's crazy. Oh, it seems like is that the best AHL team of all time? I guess it might be. There's there's another thing that we do have to talk about before we go as a hockey yeah. podcast, and that okay. is the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh my god! Hockey podcasts talk about it every summer. Yeah, and here's my stance: In- Who gives a shit? I've never been to the Hall of Fame. I don't fucking care. I went there like 20 years ago, and it was really cool. I think we're at the point now. It is stupid that McGillney's not in. Yeah, and apparently, I can one of the reasons that. for the. One of the reasons for that is because he is Russian and they don't want to uh, let any Russians in right now. Scrape me like, off you? the floor. <laughs> yeah, which is so, so stupid, obviously. But, like, I don't know. I mean, uh, again, our friend Ryan Lambert had a good article about this where he's like, yeah, I, I used to be kind of a small hall guy and, like, that's just not happening anymore. So you might as well embrace it, right? Yeah, like, they, they they let in, what, like five players every year. It's just, like, going to happen. Just get some cool like, players in there. It, it is I, insane that McGillney's not in there yet, of course, but... Yeah, just get some players in yeah, there. Yeah, like at this if point. if Pierre Turgeon is in there and fucking Rod Brendamore isn't, you expect me to have an opinion about that? No. Yeah. Come on, who cares? Yeah. Let it just go. Just let him in. Yeah. Just fuck just, it. It's just you're going to have to it's just it's not a small hall anymore. It just really It, is, it, it was cool when like the Sedines and Luongo went in, right? But that that's cuz awesome. I'm a Canucks yeah. fan. And, yes. But did I watch it? No. Yeah. No, I, I mean I, like, I, I, I think I would have if I was after. younger. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If I was a little ass yeah. kid, but it's always like fucking these Gen X 45 year old men being like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's fucking Mike Vernon in instead of Cujo. Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that no, on I, that. I agree. Yeah. Got to Got to talk about more interesting stuff about like, you know, places that could trade for JT Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! I don't know what we're gonna talk about on the bonus episode. But we'll we'll figure something. Uh, out. I'm Ho- sure hopefully we'll they do something stupid or cool before that. Yeah, you, you just talk about um, I don't know, food reviewers or something. We honestly could just do that. Yeah. yeah, but the draft is less than a week away. I think I think we will do some sort of. I mean, I don't know if it'll be a contest, but it would be fun to everyone in the in the Discord do their own. There mock draft. should be a website for this. Is there? I'm sure there is. Well, I mean, like, yeah. I know, like, Faber had been doing the one that, like, auto-picks for you to slot. So, like, surely yes. there's a way that you can just, like, do your own little mock draft, right? Yeah. Without, I, like, I mean, you could do it in a, a Word document, I suppose, and just, like, post a yeah. screenshot of it. But that's not as cool. I think you, it looks like Cap Friendly maybe has one. Um, let's see. I'm going to I'm gonna try this out here. Uh, so, uh-oh. You there, Aaron? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I don't know why it dropped okay. me. Yeah, I was recording the whole time. Uh, let me let me see how this looks here. Oh, it's been um, an hour. My time's up. Oh yeah. Okay. 
yeah, I think you can basically, you can do a custom mock draft on catfriendly.com. So maybe we just do that, but I'll, nice. I'll send you the link right now. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll sort this out. We'll figure this out. Also, but thank you for listening, everyone. We're, oh, go we're going to go to Penticton for the Young Stars. Oh, that's right. The tickets are out tomorrow. Tomorrow, apparently. which is probably today once this podcast is edited, depending yeah. on how producer Dan... Oh yeah, he he's going to Toronto. I don't know if he's going today or tomorrow morning. I, I guess well, I should double. Yeah, find out. Maybe I'll yeah. uh, <laughs> edit the podcast. And it'll be up tonight. But uh, maybe just maybe you should just edit it. I just think, edit it. Probably. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Apologies if the audio isn't as good. I'm <laughs> I'm not a an audio engineer or whatever. But uh, <laughs> hopefully it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to Young Stars. So. Uh, Say hi. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure some of the listeners will be there. I'm, and, you know, we're going to see a bunch of Canucks writers and reporters. Yeah, and stuff come and, shoot Stefan with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> kill me. Kill me in Penticton. <laughs> All right. All thanks, right, everyone. Peace. Bye. <laughs>
Oh.